You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We could all feel how much fun it was to watch Justin Fields against the Steelers. We could all see that he's playing better. We can look at the stats and see how well he played. But today I really want to dive into what specifically and why Justin Fields really seemed to take that next step forward against the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. On the show today, we will go through what we saw from Fields and this Bears offense in particular as to what was so impressive and what really stood out as being steps forward for this rookie quarterback in terms of how he attacked downfield more, attacked the middle of the field, had the tight ends more involved in the offense, made off-balance difficult throws on the move, getting into a rhythm, especially then in that second half, and then showing better pocket presence, you know, using his legs even more efficiently, knowing when he can and can't run, and, and just giving you this certain feeling about the quarterback, that that confidence of like feeling like, there's always a chance that this guy can always give you that possibility of pulling something out absolutely when you need it the most. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Bears your first listen each and every day here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. That's why we're your team every single day. And today, for me, going back through the tape of this game, what stood out right away was the tight window throws he was hitting where wide receivers and tight ends were not particularly open they're, they're not completely covered right it's he's not throwing into you know into the arms of a receiver or whatever it's not like a 50 50 ball in terms of he's he's throwing it up to somebody who is just not open in any way but those plays where they're just barely open where we you know you don't think many quarterbacks can can hit windows that tight the kind of throws that you know you wouldn't expect Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, right? I mean, you go back through Bears quarterbacks. I mean, maybe maybe Jay Cutler, when he steps into it and fires an absolute rocket, you know, he, he hits some tight window throws just because of, of great velocity. But I think with Fields, too, it's timing and ball placement as well that are just, we're so accurate and, and, and pinpoint. Not that it's 100% perfect, but it's, I mean, there were catches, there were completions, they were everything you wanted to see from your rookie quarterback. And in particular, Cole Komet seemed to be the beneficiary of those quite a bit. I mean, he had a career high in terms of receiving yards. I want to say it was, what, 87 yards on six catches. He was their leading receiver. And so often it was like two linebackers kind of convening in the middle on the ball, right? Or, you know, it's it's over the top of a linebacker but underneath the safety. And it's not yards and yards of space, but it's Komet making the catch right out of the outstretched reach of the defender, taking a hit and holding on to it. That's where we see, I think, some progress from Komet in that some of those more like contested catch situations, those physical ones where there's defenders kind of draped all over him. He hasn't always been able to hold on to those. And those don't count as a quote unquote dropped pass, right? Pro football focus doesn't chart that as a dropped pass. They do have other 
methods they use to chart those plays that aren't so much open to the public. But NFL teams do do use that information from PFF. They're, they call it, there's different types of pass breakups. A, a, a pass defense. They also have something called hit by defender, where the hit jars the ball loose, but it's not a pure drop. A drop is just when someone is open and no one keeps them from catching the ball other than it going through their hands. And Komet had a number of those like hit by defender incomplete passes where he's not getting downgraded for not being able to catch the ball because it's a tough catch, but th- those sort of add up over time where you want your, your big tight end to be reliable in those spaces. And so it's good to see him progress in that way, but more importantly, Fields having the confidence to step up and hit those throws and not put the ball in harm's way, but just make tough throws. And of course, this is a, a one-game sample size right now. It was a great one-game sample size, but you know there, there are still going to be ups and downs from here. He's not always going to play exactly this great, and he's going to have moments where he looks worse and maybe moments where he looks better. But we're talking about 17 completions on 29 pass attempts for 291 yards, a touchdown and an interception, and so much more downfield passing. But the reason why the middle of the field stuff stands out a little bit is because of all the ways we talk about wanting to make the game and the passing game in particular easier on your rookie quarterback. The things that they talked about doing with Mitch Trubisky and now with Justin Fields early on, those the idea of half field reads and cutting the field in half and you know when you when you do a rollout to the right or the left, your quarterback is only now looking to that half of the field. And so it's a little bit more easy to know where the coverage is going to be because that tends to be where it's more visually different between, you know, a cover two and a cover four or a cover three and a cover six, because it's that the sort of the sideline dynamics between the cornerback and the safety tends to look more different than, you know, at every zone linebackers are hovering over the middle of the field. It's just a matter of how many and exactly where they are, whereas sometimes the cornerback goes deep on the outside, right? It becomes easier when you only have to read half of the field as opposed to reading all of the field. And particularly the middle of the field can be where it's messy. And so, that tends to take more time for quarterbacks to be more confident in hitting. And now, you know, eight, what, eight, nine games, eight, or eight weeks into the season for Justin Fields and not even having started from week one, he's getting to that point where he's a lot more comfortable in that area. Because it's not as though he's got great separation from either of his tight ends. He hit Jimmy Graham and some of those as well. They're not, they're not pulling away from people and, and you know, being super dynamic athletes where they are with their skill sets right now, like you know, George Kittle has done or, or Travis Kelsey or some of those guys, some of those freak or more of like big freak tight ends that, that have like almost those wide receiver bodies. But but they're creating enough space and they're holding on to it when Fields gets the ball there. And it's been so important to the growth and development of this offense that when I look over this game, Cole Komet, of all of his catches, the well, he only had one short of 10 yards downfield. The other five were all 10 plus and two of them were 20 plus yards downfield, right? It's that up the middle vertical threat because then it helps create more space on the outside for your wide receivers it creates more space underneath for the checkdowns below and it it does so much to open up what the bears want to do offensively and so much of that falls back on your rookie quarterback taking those steps forward to be able to hit those consistently and open up the playbook from there so i i think that was like top of the list wow impressive moments from fields in this game. But there, we also see him, I think, continuing trends uh, from recent weeks. And definitely, like, when you compare it to Cleveland to now, you can see a couple of key areas, especially when I think when it comes to fields' movement, both running and throwing outside of the pocket, well, and inside the pocket as well. But that idea of being stationary versus moving, I, I want to dive a little bit more deeply into where we're seeing some of that accuracy and improvement from fields next. 
on Locked On Bears. Hey, Bears fans, there is an incredible app you need to know about for anyone who buys gas. It's called Get Upside, and you get up to 25 cents cash back for every gallon of gas you buy every single time you fill up. You just download the Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play and enter our promo code TOUCHDOWN. That promo code is going to get you a bonus 25 cents on top of the base 25 cents. So that's up to 50 cents cash back per gallon when you fill up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore, especially with gas prices. They've been fluctuating. They were going up for a while there, and they're, they're kind of stabilizing a little bit. But it's always it's always a stressor there, and you don't need to pay the exact price that's listed there. They're going to give you that cash back. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back goes directly into your Get Upside account, and then you can cash out anytime directly to your bank account. You can do it through PayPal or even just like an e-gift card to Amazon and some other brands if you feel more comfortable going that way. Super simple, easy to use. Just download the free Get Upside app and use our promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. That's Get Upside promo code TOUCHDOWN. We're really seeing Justin Fields' upside shine through as his legs have matched the arm, right? I mean, we knew he had the mobility, but I guess maybe this way, maybe now the arm is matching the legs when we talk about the tight window throws stepping him in the pocket. I mean, he's always been a pocket passer at Ohio State, right? This is not a surprise that he's been calm, cool, collected, and poised now hitting difficult shots and, and throws downfield that have opened up this offense because that's exactly what he did at Ohio State. But it's getting to that point of confidence in this Bears offense with these Bears receivers, with this Bears offensive line, this Bears coaching staff that's just, you know, it's an adjustment from what he had at Ohio State. But then you're combining that with the legs, and we're seeing really the full picture come together here. That what, I, what I've been so impressed with that I think goes a little bit overlooked. Like anyone can see, yeah, tight window throws are, are, are difficult. But the other thing is, like, he's been rolling to his left and making some really impressive, accurate, pinpoint timing throws that are just so hard to judge physically for a right-handed quarterback. And it really stood out two weeks ago with the touchdown to Jesse James in the end zone, like in the red zone when he's rolling to his left and like James is like going down, he's going sideways but also down to the ground at this like downward, I was going to say 45 degree angle, but my... My math is there's that 120 would be like past 90 and going down. I think 120 degree angle, like extended going down and Fields is rolling to his left, flushed out of the pocket and to flip your hips to be able to then make that throw and drop it in precisely where it needs to be is so much more difficult physically than Justin Fields makes it look. And Again, this is not a huge surprise in the sense that we did see him do those things at Ohio State, but it's it's seeing it fully translate to the NFL now that's so impressive and encouraging that it's one of those things that it's so difficult and he makes it look so easy because, you know, if you just think about it physically, if you, I mean, if you never play, I mean, I never played quarterback at any significant level, but if you just, you know, if you're, if you're a right-handed thrower, right, I mean, your, your hips are typically facing sort of right and you want your your shoulders to kind of be from left your left shoulder is going to be your front shoulder when you're throwing as a right-handed quarterback right if you if you sort of think about it physically and generally speaking you want your your shoulders and your sort of your hips aligned to be pointing toward your target right from your right shoulder from the back to the front to your left shoulder 
is pointing toward where you're trying to throw the ball. But if you're rolling to your left and running left, your shoulders are facing backwards and your hips are facing backwards. And you can kind of contort your upper body a little bit to kind of get the ball over there. But that's why it's so hard to throw opposite direction. It's the reverse for left-handed quarterbacks going to the right. But So what quarterbacks have to do is the, is the term they call flip your hips, where as you're rolling left, you kind of have to stop as you're moving and just kind of almost like hop and get your hips flipped around and your feet kind of reversed so that your left foot is forward instead of your left foot being back as you're rolling left very quickly while going full speed, escaping from pressure and judging the coverage, the receivers, the routes, and how far you have to throw it. But that's how you generate the, the right amount of velocity and touch and air and timing to drop that ball in where it needs to go. And we've seen him do it. It was two or three of them last week and two or three of them against the Steelers. Some of them are in the middle of the field, but it's where it's like, so it's not only is he rolling left and just, it's, he's not just hitting someone over the middle of the field who's open, right? Yeah, you can roll left. And if you got a tight end on a little drag route for a yard downfield, easy enough. But it's that like 15 plus range and he's dropping it at the sideline to where, you know, his receiver, we saw it with Darnell Mooney a couple weeks ago. I think we saw, I think it was Komet. It was, or maybe it was one of the other tight ends a couple of times in the Steelers game too. And then of course the touchdown as well. Like he's dropping it in the perfect spot where the receiver can catch it and get feet in bounds and have the enough space so where he doesn't have to slow down for the coverage to step up, but enough timing to where he can still catch it and get the feet in bounds before going out of bounds. And it's right where it needs to be while rolling left and doing that quick flip of his hips and getting the ball in there. And it's such a, a difficult thing to do physically. And not a lot of quarterbacks, you know, a lot of times they'll just arm it. You know, we'd see Mitch Trubisky just kind of just do the arms. And you know, I mean, you try and flip the hips a little bit, but he's not generating that velocity from his lower half and in his core. And that's really where, you know, that's really where a lot of quarterbacking comes is in that core to then shift your body weight into your arm and that's where the energy flows it's like from the core and then out your arm to the ball is how you physically throw the ball I mean, i'm not a physicist or a, what are they uh, anatomy expert but that's just you learn about quarterbacking and, and passing that that's how it goes and when you're rolling left it's hard to get your lower body and your core into it and it has to be a lot of upper body and chest but when you're able to flip those hips then you get that rotational velocity but from your core instead of just in your shoulders and that's how those passes are able to be there so effectively and I just remember that was always a thing with Mitch he could never really get the mechanics of rolling that direction to be clean consistently enough sometimes he would but a lot of times that's where you'd see those passes sail or, or fall short and it's just been it's been so impressive to see from fields of, of making something that difficult look that easy now he still has those moments where he'll also make some of the easy things look hard in terms of footwork in the pocket and I do want to get into pocket presence a little bit more in depth in, in just a moment here but as we as I think about like making difficult things look easy and sometimes easy things look hard there have been those plays occasionally where he's throwing the curl and it's too high or too low or he's just trying to throw the little check down and it's too low or too high I mean nothing that's nothing I'm concerned about but it, it's a it's a counterpoint to what I'm saying about flipping left where it's like Sometimes it's it's footwork in the pocket where he's standing kind of still and has to make a quick decision with it, and he's not in rhythm with his feet. And there's this interesting sort of almost like backwards way of thinking about where, in terms of things that are easy versus difficult that for some reason when you're rolling to your left or right, you're, you're sort of forced to be in a rhythm with your strides because you're running, right? It's almost, it's almost more naturally like you know that you have to generate the power from your back foot to your front foot while you're running. And you, so you kind of know that you can't just throw off 
Like while you're running, you can't just throw off the front foot because it's just going to feel physically awkward because you're already full stride. But when you're standing in the pocket and you're not in a stride, you're kind of setting your own rhythm. You know, you're, you're dancing in a pocket a little bit, but you don't want to like dance around too much. And then you have to like quick set and throw, right? It's, it's a much faster process of getting rid of the ball as opposed to when you're on the run, it's a little bit slower and it forces you to stay in that rhythm of passing. And so that's what I think we see him when we see a miss sometimes in the pocket, it's because he sees it open and makes that quick decision and doesn't set his feet properly and doesn't shift the weight as much. And sometimes he'll jump and sometimes he'll just kind of flick it. And, and it's just the little things that he's trying to hone down a little bit that are not, that are again, not indicative of some kind of greater concern that I'm afraid he's never going to figure out or is going to hold him back in any way. No, it's just little things here. It's rookie things that you learn, especially in NFL pockets where and when you can kind of get away with some of that stuff. And it's it's, it's much, much more important that he's mastered the difficult parts because I think the thing I'm talking about in terms of just little pocket footwork stepping into quick little throws like that is much, much easier and, and definitely a lot more easily fixed for, you know, there's things he'll work on as he kind of goes throughout his career. But But the pocket presence in particular has been a strong point of growth for this quarterback. And we'll look, a little bit more specifically at where we're seeing it and how that has helped the offensive line look better and the offense as a whole operate that much more effectively next on Locked On Bears. Today's episode of Locked On Bears brought to you by the world's best tasting protein bars, Built Bars. And if you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are missing out because they are called, I mean, they are protein bars by definition, but they don't taste like protein bars. They taste like candy bars. You know, like, like you think about other protein bars at the store, right? They're kind of chalky or, or waxy or just kind of hard to choke it down. You're kind of struggling to get through the end, but you feel like it's good for you, so you got to eat it. But Built Bars are all soft and chewy. They're all covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you can instantly tell that you're, you're just getting something different. It's it's like an experience that you really get to enjoy because it is does taste like a candy bar, but Built Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein. So it's all the healthy benefits on top of just tasting delicious, coming in a bunch of different flavors as well. There's not anything else on the market that tastes this good and has those nutrient macros. I'm telling you, you really just got to try them for yourself. I eat them literally every single day. Head on over to Built.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 and you're going to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Early on with Justin Fields' first start, especially against the Browns and that pass rush, but the first couple of games, he understandably had issues in the pocket. It was one of the things like we'd get, we would be encouraged by a lot of the throws he was making, but then issues with feeling out the pocket, knowing when to escape with his legs, knowing when to hold on and try and make a play and maybe trusting his legs a little bit more. And that was such a different change that we saw against the Steelers in him. That that, that might be where I've seen the most like obvious growth from like something that was objectively an issue and a struggle in his first game to now is it has been an incredible growth from him. I mean, it's, it's about knowing when he can stand in the pocket and maybe take a hit after he's gotten rid of the ball and, and delivering it and, and knowing then when he does need to get out and being able to have that feel a little bit more for, you know, 
Jason Peters and how he tends to block players, and now Larry Borum and the interior guys, and knowing when he, he needs to step up, when he needs to roll back and out, and, and all those different things that were, was an issue against Cleveland. Because, I mean, obviously against Cleveland, they blitzed the crap out of him. Their pass rushers were just unstoppable for a lot of that game, and the Bears were definitely struggling at the offensive tackle positions at that time. And you know, we've seen some ups and downs from Peters and company along the way, and now Borum in there has been about what we expected for him as a rookie fifth-round pick kind of coming in there. But if you go back and watch some of the pockets against the Steelers, it is not clean, right? He is not, he's not surrounded by this, you know, three-yard circle around him where he just, he just has all day to just, you know, dissect defenses. The, the offensive line did a better job of giving him more of those, but some of the more impressive throws he made, he's still able to step into his throw, but it's like you'll see like the feet of the left tackle or the right tackle, I'm not trying to pick on either one individually, but like the feet of an offensive lineman are like at Justin's feet as he's stepping into the throw. And like where if he waits another half second, full second, you know, the lineman might bump into him or he might get tripped up or it might be a problem there. But just having that sense of knowing like he knows that if he if he's watching a route and if he gets rid of it now, he's going to have the time. But then also then knows if he doesn't hit this window in this moment, that he is going to have to get out of the pocket. And being able to sort of feel that is just one of those things that does take time because, A, you're getting to know your offensive line and how well they hold up on blocks and certain angles and that feel of like, okay, if I can feel Jason Peters, I'm just doing an example, if I can feel him right here, I know that he's still engaged with that lineman. He's given up some ground, but I know he that the, the lineman that the pass rusher is not about to release from Peters and bring me down. So he knows when he can hang a little bit more there. Whereas he knows, like, oh, if he's just feeling that person running at him, that he needs to get out. I mean, it's just it's it's not something you can measure. It's not really something you can like purely directly practice necessarily. I mean, you just get it from live game reps. And then you combine that with him really, I think, having a much better sense of the NFL speed and who he can outrun, how much, how long he can outrun them and who he can't and who, you know, or, and it's not even like purely like, if you think about it in Madden terms, it's not like what's my speed versus his speed, but it's situationally like, does TJ Watt have a full head of steam? Am I going from a stop or am I already full sprint? And if I'm at full sprint and he's at full sprint, I'm faster than him at full sprint, but you know if he's got the momentum, like little physical momentum is already closer to top speed and I'm not, can I escape, right? It's those little like feeling of like your acceleration versus my acceleration and speed and agility and all those different things and angles. He's gotten better at like, you know, I, that, that was a thing against Cleveland where like he'd escape the pocket and he would be a little bit sometimes too flat in thinking like, oh, well, I can just beat you to point A. But, some, but we see against Steelers, like he'll run around a little bit more to build up some of that speed to then get to the line of scrimmage, right? It's it's not always like that 45-degree angle, but sometimes you're, you're running back a little bit more and taking more of like a loop around to get back to the line of scrimmage, knowing that you can outrun the player if you take a wider path to get there instead of just necessarily taking the short path where he might be able to cut you off a little bit more easier. So then, then you combine that with, you know, avoiding some more of those hits and some of those sacks in the pocket. He's not necessarily like throwing the ball away like just to the sideline a lot yet and not that he necessarily needs to but it's just he's not he's not taking those sacks when he would have earlier in his career right he's he's using his legs so much more as an advantage there and also not fully committing to the run 
when he does get out of the pocket. Sometimes he does because he's he knows his routes, what's open, where what's going on downfield. But there was one against the Steelers in particular where like he rolled out to his right, took like kind of a wide angle, and and like started tucking the ball, like you know three or four yards behind the line of scrimmage, and then he popped it out and flipped it to Jakeem. That was like a third and it was third and really long. I think that was the one where he flipped it to Jakeem Grant, who like wasn't expecting the ball, but he was open because he saw he saw Fields tuck it, and he just like turned back to Fields. And so I'm talking and was kind of like, okay. And then Fields pulled out and flipped it to him. It was kind of like this surprise. You saw the receiver go, oh, crap, ball, catch it, and create some yards after the catch, right? Those types of plays kill defenses. At least when they think you're going to scramble with it, they can drop out of coverage and just come after you as the quarterback. But if, if they think you're going to scramble and then you flip to the pass, your wide receivers end up being quite a bit more open as a result. And that's where you can sort of take these like next-level playmaking ability from Justin Fields. And it all leaves you feeling like, Pretty much on any play, even if things break down, you feel like you have a quarterback that's always going to give you a chance of gaining something on every play. Not that he's always going to gain something on every play, but you always feel like a play is never dead or completely broken. Certainly on that fourth and one touchdown scramble we saw two weeks ago. Good example, but even on passing plays too, right? Sometimes it felt like with Mitch Trubisky, and this is not trying to compare the two of them. It's not a fair comparison for Mitch at this point, but like, you know, the, the pocket would kind of collapse. The play would be really broken down. And you just kind of felt like, <laughs> like, oh, this isn't, this isn't going to be good. Like, what's, just don't turn it over, right, kind of thing. But, like, Fields has that special talent to make something out of nothing at all times. He's that kind of quarterback that makes you feel like you always have a chance on third and third and long, right? We're, we're, getting, we're getting to that point where it feels close, like third and 17. He's not going to hit that every time. It's not, you know, he's not Patrick Mahomes. But you feel like he's got the arm. He's got the brains. He's got the, you know, he can see the field well. He can make the throws. He's got the legs to extend the plays that maybe, maybe just maybe there is an opportunity there. Anytime he's dropping back to pass, you feel like there is a threat of him getting that first down. And then we saw it again at the end against the Steelers. Anytime you're down late in a game, you have that confidence that he can drive you downfield with three minutes left, with two minutes left, with 30 seconds left, right? He can get you into field goal range. You have that playmaking ability and that clutch gene that's not measurable, but Boy, you saw it. I mean, and it's such a, a a unique feeling for Bears fans that haven't really truly felt this way about a quarterback. And and again, I want to emphasize that it's not just all gravy from here. There are going to be steps back and mistakes and more rookie ups and downs that we see from Fields throughout the rest of you know this season. And then even in the years to come, teams will have answers for him and all that stuff. But this was like this week and last week and the last couple of games and the progress we've seen is like him proving it to you that he is capable and that what you saw at Ohio State is translating to the NFL. And I think it's a very encouraging spot to be in if you're a Chicago Bears fan, especially when you see Jordan Love in Green Bay having a mediocre at best game in, in Rodgers' absence. Not a fair comparison. Jordan Love in his first career start. Justin Fields in, what is this, start number six or game number six? I lose track of the exact number there, right? Not a fair one-to-one -one comparison there. But you can feel when, when those two games happen in the same weekend, the Packers have a bad quarterbacking game or a mediocre quarterbacking game, and the Bears have a great quarterbacking game, maybe, just maybe, that's a sign of a more long-term future after Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be really fun to watch. You can be sure we'll be breaking down Justin Fields in depth each and every game he plays right here in the Lockdown Bears podcast. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts. We're free and available on all platforms, plus the Lockdown Bears YouTube channel, getting all the video content out there as well. Just hope you'll keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. We would appreciate all of you that make Locked On Bears your first 
listen each and every day here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are here for you every single day. If you're looking for your second listen today, how about Locked On Bets, our gambling podcast with our sharps breaking down all the best picks for you. They got locks of the day, upset alerts, and so much more. And your boy Q is such a great host of that. He's such a professional with it. He's just really, really good at, at, at hosting that with Lee Sharp. So make sure you go check on Locked On Bets after this if you want to get some great gambling advice and win some money as well. Come back tomorrow as we start preparing for the bye week, looking back over the season as a whole and you know, seeing what the next half of this year is going to bring as we try and figure out the direction of this team. But we know it looks bright with Justin Fields. And I think that's as good a reason as any to bear down.